Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Back in the office, Alan. Yes, sabbatical's over. The reality of campus is back. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. Just terrific. And on top in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, a post from Waymo sharing research from Swiss Re, one of the top reinsurers that showed Waymo's autonomous vehicles are significantly safer than those driven by humans. It says Waymo's fully autonomous driving technology reduced the frequency of property damage claims by 76% compared to humans and completely eliminated bodily injury claims. That's why it's on top. That's why it's on top. You know, they've been claiming it. Um, we're still early. Uh, there's more data yet to come as we have more experience. Uh, we certainly, the size of the data set is nowhere near the size of the data set uh, that Swiss reused with respect to human drivers. Uh, but my goodness, they've been very careful, uh, very diligent. And this is the result. And, you know, in a sense, it's also a result that, that Elon's been claiming with Teslas. Uh, at some point, he's going to release that data. How many times have we asked him to give it, you know, let us look at it? We'll do it. We'll do it for free and look at it. Um, um, but uh, and maybe he should also uh, uh, maybe he should get Munich Re to do it instead of um, Swiss Re, <laughs> another reinsurance company to do it. Um, but these are actuaries. These are people who are in the business of uh, ascertaining safety uh, on a very quantitative scale, not a qualitative scale. And of course, we want safety. We want no crashes. But <laughs> as is pointed out, uh, you know, they've not had any bodily injury yet. Okay, so therefore, they've not they've not had any deaths. I mean. Uh, we've been extraordinarily safe in a sense. So, you know, we, we claimed that, it, you know, the Kornhauser touring tests of, of, uh, of technology, of safety. Yeah. Um, and here's another data point, a very, a very significant data point. And uh, we've pointed out all along the, uh, the approach that Waymo has taken uh, and I guess others, such as Cruz as well, in, in yeah. rolling this out has been very responsible. It's been very responsible. There was, you know, I guess we can claim one irresponsible thing to buy Uber. You know, the way Uber came in the market, a lot of people were rolling their eyes about how responsible they were rolling into that market. <laughs> um, they got their hand caught in a cookie jar and um, they're not in that market anymore. And I think everybody who's doing this realizes you have to be safe. It doesn't it doesn't mean there aren't going to be crashes. It doesn't mean you're not going to stop traffic. It doesn't mean you may not or not run over a, a fire hose. It may not mean that you aren't going to be just going through a green light and you get t-boned by a who knows what is going through a red light, be it a somebody running if you know. Because they're going to an emergency scene or somebody running it because they're texting. You know, that's going to happen. Uh, but my goodness, um, you know, compared, 
compared to uh, human drivers. Um, we've been suggesting it, um, but th this is the data. It's it's not it's not safer than the best driver. That's not what the claim is. It's not probably even safer than a driver that's not misbehaving, because as you know, some of us claim. Ninety percent, or whatever the crashes, the bodily injury, or whatever metric is due to misbehavior by the human driver. And of course, if you're writing code, sure, you're going to have a bug. You're going to forget something. There's something you're not going to know. But it's not going to actively misbehave. It's not going to go put cones in, in the in front of the, the the driver of a human driver. It's not going to text. It's not going to drink. Sure, it may get a blue a blue screen, but yeah, it it is, and it's uh, and it's and and so quantitatively, technically. This is data that says, hey, this is pretty good. And on a perceptive scene for all of us, as most of the reports from people that come out and ride these things in San Francisco, it's kind of what's going on for the first whatever. And then the rest of the time, everybody's comfortable. So. It's like riding in an elevator. Again, my elevator analogy, Fred, I, I can't get away from it. But if you really want to know what, what the service could be like, should be like, in the giving of rides, to me, the best parallel is, is an elevator. Sure, you go like this on this space to go from A over here to B over here. But if you take that path and you stretch it and you turn it and you're reading a book or, or whatever, or playing games on your computer or something like that, you're not paying attention to what's going on around you. It's just like riding in an elevator. But I'm sure you're going like this. When I was telling to you, um, at the Tampa uh, in Tampa for the Florida AV conference, riding the elevator, going from the you know second floor to ooh, I got a room on the sixteenth floor. I didn't know how the elevator went from second floor to the sixteenth floor. You know, I, sort of because of the forces on my body and whatever and to do. I thought I was going just up and down. It could have been. They could have put video screens in the in the elevator and could have or put on virtual reality glasses or I could have been a you know could have had my Google glasses on to be a glass hole you know and I, I could have seen it as if I was riding from A to B in San Francisco. That's what it's like. I think that's what it's going to be like. That's what we would like to make it like. I think if we make it like that, 
So it's sort of a no-brainer to take and just hop on, go to where you're near where you're going, hop off and go to where you're going and forget about it. And I think you have an opportunity to do a proof of market. People would use it. You could count them. We could get Swiss Reed out there counting them. Ooh. You know, we did 126 person trips today in this vehicle. Put it out there. Waymo might even put it in its blog. Ooh. Swiss Re reports. We had a lot of happy users today. People improved their lives with this. It was safe. It didn't cost much. It didn't cost much. It didn't cost much. Because it didn't cost much to provide. I mean, if these things do 126 person trips a day, the CapEx on that vehicle is easily taken, taken care of by, you know, less than a buck. You got the CapEx of the vehicle taken care of. Replicating the software, replication costs are zero. Some management people overhead, you know, times on this thing can scale enormously. And as we found, you know, you know, $2.50 a ride in San Francisco. Take care of it. Charge four bucks and make a buck and a half on each one. <sighs> Looks pretty good. Let's get to that. And the numbers from uh, Swiss Re say, more or less, hey, why not? Why so, not? Why not? You know, there, there are accidents in elevators. People die in elevators every year. Not that many. You don't hear about it. Look it up. Moving on, Alan. Tesla shares started the week with a big jump after Morgan Stanley analysts upgraded the stock, citing the potential of Tesla's Dojo supercomputer. Adam, you finally paid attention? <laughs> I mean, they've been taught they've been talking about Dojo at least since AI Day. I guess a lot last, of folks... last year's AI Day, at least. Last year's AI Day, yeah. Yeah, if not before. And of course, you know, the, the, the reality, I think what, what's hitting people is that is, is the live stream that Elon did, you know, Friday ago, I think. It, it, was, it was compelling to me. I mean, I sat there and watched that. That was the full self-driving uh, FSD. FSD. And, and I, I tried to see where they were cheating or where they had set it up, or where they, where they had practiced it, or where they had the police clear the things out in front and back, or whatever. I don't know. I couldn't, I, 
if, if that was virtual reality, that was really good virtual reality. And I don't think it's that good. Okay. I mean, we see the Tektronics terminal back there from 1975, you know, beginning of all the virtual reality stuff. You know, and we thought that, you know, that it would be, you know, we couldn't tell the difference today. I don't know. I think every one of the movies I go to where there's virtual reality, I can pick it out. Okay. Because it's not perfect. It's pretty darn close. Looks pretty darn good. But I don't know. Maybe I'm being faked. I I looked really hard to see if I was being faked on that one. and It didn't look it. And not to give an excuse. You included in here an FSD explanation uh, from James Duma in the, in the newsletter. Yeah, and and the most interesting thing about that is not not really sort of that it's end to end deep learning, just like we do. You know, in other words, who knows what the array of the three by n by n 360 pixel array comes in three deep i guess zero to 255 zero to 255 zero to i mean you know about the ugliest input data you could ever dream of goes into this thing and out comes Full end to end. I don't know. Because that's what the heck happens to us. <laughs> what happens to us? We get photons coming in. It somehow hits the retina back here. Rods and cones and then passes on to the next next cell. I mean, it takes derivatives. It computes Gaussians. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's high order math going on right there in your retina. Then back to the optic nerve through the optic nerve cerebral cortex to the doom, and then da 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 da, da and we go to da 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 da. So of course, you know, been thinking for, since day one. Really like to come in with this. Ugly data on the front end and really good things to do on the back end. With now all the coefficients in the middle that you have to figure out what all these little neurons do up in here and back in here and all that stuff. And apparently they put it together. How many times did Elon say, uh, you know, it has no concept. Of, hey, it recognized the traffic light. Doesn't have to. I mean, sure. That's a, that's a separate detailed process. Somewhere in the middle. What's key is you hit the brake. You hit. You turn the steering wheel. You hit the gas. For each second, which is the key on this sucker. I mean, the impressive thing is that instead of the way we've been sort of doing it up to now, doing it up to now. Take an image, you know, I don't know if you can see, you know, it sort of looks like this. 
Those were a series of blinks for people who were listening. Those were a series of blinks <laughs> if you can't see it. That's the way it's been working up to now. I don't think I go down the road doing this. Uh, you might say maybe I do that at, at 25 hertz, you know, 25 times a second. Because, of course, when I watch a movie, that's kind of what it's doing. It's presenting them 25 times a second. They're separate frames. Whether it's 25 times a second, 100 times a second, in the end, it really is separate frames. Doing it real fast. And the brain out here sort of puts everything together and flows things. Great. So in a sense, it really is this just fast. But it's somewhat more explicit the way they're doing that. It's with video in. And again, video is nothing but frame after 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 frame. But they're put together in, in such a way that out of that process of bringing in video, it's, the thing in the middle, I think, ends up getting image flow. So rather than recognizing a traffic light or a park car, I think that what goes on in here, what goes on in here is it's the flow of that stuff that ends up being almost as important as the entities themselves. So when you set this thing up to be able to do video in, sort of the flow thing sort of follows from it. So that's why I think I can go down Nassau Street over here and not you know, sideswipe every car. Even though, you know, I may only be that far apart. Come close. It's been a long time. One person did open a door in front of me once. Of course, now I look, I, I actually look at people that are in the driver's seat of cars that I pass and pass and, and, and that are parked there to see if they're turning ahead, whether or not I can anticipate that they're going to pop the door open. But if you've trained this thing to that situation, you have the opportunity for this thing to learn this same way I learned it. Now, of course, you know, we've been saying this in class and we want to do it this way. Actually doing it is uh, trivial. But it looks like what they've done, unless they're lying to us, they could be. They've really have set it up this way. And they've built the compute engine to take this brute force approach to this problem. And actually do it. Apparently. Unless they're lying to us or they're, you know, Cheating or stealing. I don't think they're doing that. If they're doing that. 
kudos. And if the result of doing that is as good as it was out there with Elon out there, that the darn thing made a mistake and who mistook, misinterpreted a turning green arrow to a turning green of the whole darn thing, which is what I've done driving more than once, but just a few times. And each time I did catch myself. I don't know whether or not the dynamics of this thing was that it, you know, if Elon wouldn't have grabbed the, the, the steering wheel, it would have caught itself. I am certain that Tesla went back and reran their simulation that did went that thing. And they know whether or not, hey, they've got to fix something in here, or really, this really wasn't a disengagement. It would have caught it before it would have gone out there in the intersection. Maybe. It's what I've done driving. Has it been trained that well or not? Don't know. You can pay your life that, that since then they've gotten and gotten many more input. And I bet that sucker's not going to do that again. <laughs> well, that's the whole idea, right? That's the well, whole idea. Now, if you end up believing that and believing that you can do go through all the arithmetic arithmetic, all the computations, all that stuff to be able to do that, which is non-trivial, absolutely non-trivial, then I think you have something. If you have something, I guess Adam Jonas must have realized, got up, you know, Monday morning or Sunday morning or whenever he came on, and, or maybe he did this last week and said, whoo, whoa. Uh, maybe I haven't read the literature and maybe I don't I haven't kept up with my colleagues and so on that work on this or my former students that work on this and so on and so forth because some of them are some of them have been wanting to do this. But you have to have tools to do this. You need more than blackboard or a sheet of paper. And you know, Dojo maybe that compute engine that do that, that compute engine can do this, you know, what other issues and things like that on the same vein that you can do. Poof. And there's more. I, yeah, and there's that's more why I believe it. I don't know. Mauer I guess. Too, right? uh, Rob Mauer Tesla Daily has more on this as well. Yeah, Rob Mauer's, you know, I guess everybody's not picked up. Adam, thank you for putting it out there so people would pay attention finally. I guess, you know, we've talked about this, Fred. I think we've hinted about this in the past, right? Nobody pays attention to us. But boy, when Adam does it, love you, Adam. <laughs> Moving on, Alan. Uh, Andrew Hawkins at The Verge reported that GM-backed Cruise is just days away now from, and this was days ago, from regulatory approval to begin mass production of the Origin full autonomous vehicle. That's without a steering wheel or pedals. Uh, the CEO, uh, Kyle Vogt, had said that at an investor conference. Yeah. I mean, why does it take so long? Why, why does it take so long? What's the big deal here? I think the exemption is for 2,500 vehicles. 
you know, I keep asking myself, do I understand what's going on here? The, the request to NHTSA is to build 2,500 things. They're calling an assembly line to build 2,500 things? <laughs> I mean, how many cars does GM sell a year? And now they're going to build an assembly line for 2,500 things. I mean, and it takes how long to get? I mean, they've been asking for this. They've been, they've been, they've been going to NHTSA saying, "Look, we don't, we want to build a few things to see what the heck we're, uh, is happening and what the market response would be." You know, without a steering wheel, without with, with, without a, a rear view mirror. And these folks are spending how long to figure out whether or not somebody can build. 2,500, or maybe it's 5,000, two years. I, I, what it seems to be an infinitesimal number of these things. What if they work? What if they're the greatest thing since sliced bread? What if all of a sudden people say, oh my goodness, this is fantastic. How long is it going to take them to say you can build 25,000, 250,000, 2.5 million, 25 million? I mean, <clears throat> what kind of function do we have to take to take the how long it's taken them to do 2,500 that we have to discount? I mean, <laughs> we're going to be the 82nd century before what? It almost sounds like you're saying, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. There's another what's, come on, what, man. No, really, too. what's the hang up here? Right. You're afraid that even if 20, put 2,500, heaven, think of the worst, worst possible thing that 2,500 of these things could do. Worst possible. And you spent how long? procrastinating on this and you know it's not NHTSA saying hey we're ready to do it it's Kyle Vaughn saying to an investor conference I hope Kyle isn't being Elon I mean no I don't I don't want to say I don't want to suggest that Elon ever you know shorten a timeline come on it's a uh, seriously come on Congress Seriously? Seriously? And there's another one for you, Alan. In California, uh, a bill mandating <laughs> humans behind the wheel of driverless trucks has been passed and sent to the governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, who he reportedly is likely to veto this. But uh, the fact that this got through the California legislature, I think, some may well, find. I don't know. I mean, a veto. I guess California can. 
I guess they, they can have votes to, to overturn a veto. I don't know what the rules are in California. You know. California is just, just trying to make itself totally irrelevant to the world. Okay? They've decided they don't want, you know, high quality, affordable mobility safe in San Francisco. They put cones in front of it. I mean, you know. And so now they're gonna say, hey, yeah, you know, you got you gotta have a driver. I mean, why did they say you only needed one driver? Actually, for railroads, I think California requires, maybe California doesn't, I don't know, I'm speaking, I know some states do have regulations that you have to have two-person crews, two drivers on each freight train. Now, if you look at it, freight trains only have longitudinal control problem. That's the only thing those folks deal with. No lateral control. <laughs> Fred, there's no steering wheel in a train. Nitsa, where are you? Can't you mandate a steering wheel in a train? <laughs> so they have two people taking care of one dimension. Maybe we should have two people in trucks taking care of the longitudinal dimension as they go down the 405. Not one. Why not have it just like rent trains? The trains require two. Legislature require two. You double the number of jobs. Oh, my goodness. You also have to do lateral control because you have to steer. Because you have these rails thingies that keep you so that you know, so maybe you need four, two people to handle this and two people to handle the break in this. And just think if you pass legislation for four people, you'll have four times as many jobs in California. And you can say, look, we're just making trucks just like choo-choos. Go for it, California. I mean, be the first in the nation. Whatever. Come on, man. <laughs> I also went to the Stiller 49er game in Heinz Field. I called Heinz Field. That, that was Heinz another Field. come on, man, I think. Too. <laughs> That's another come on, man. That poor Stillers. Come on, man. Oh, oh dreadful. Alan, lots of, on the good news side here, lots of activity at uh, SpaceX Starbase, Starship 25 stacked on top of Super Heavy Booster 9. Looks like, looks like you need to buy another plane ticket. <laughs> I think if you, if one lo looks at what's happening there, at the pace of what's happening there, at the innovation, at the, at the objective to, to, to learn what you don't know, and to and to get things to work and to try and to work and unbelievable and the working together it seems of spacex and the faa who is the safety thing hey we don't want stuff coming down from the sky I mean, just think if the faa took as long to allow 
to to allow you to to do uh, to to basically do state separation while still thrusting. You know, <laughs> only the Russians have done that. I think I don't. I'm wondering, has any of you? I, I may be wrong. I mean, it's like brand new. <laughs> Except for Russians doing it in nineteen. Well, it's, it's how quickly they they made the adjustments, the changes, what they learned from the in working, and and it looks like the FAA is working with them to to say, hey, and and if they give them a launch license, they're going to say, look, looks like this might be a decent way to go to improve things, to 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 make them better. Just think if we had NHTSA doing this instead of the FAA. <laughs> I mean, it would uh, be the 4,282nd century. (laughs) I mean, you can't make up this stuff. I mean, you just sit there and you, whoa, what's going on here? And thank thank goodness, uh, you know, the space industry has, has found this this good working relationship, not only with FAA, but with NASA. That is allowed, I mean, the progress that's been made this, you know, last 10 years. We made an enormous progress in a decade of the 60s. And then... Basically nothing, nothing for 40 years. Poor Moses out there with the tablets in the desert. 40 years. And then somehow, you know, this thing, SpaceX, and Blue Origin and 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 the the others <laughs> somehow, <laughs> yeah, man, Lodos tablets, baby. We're gonna go for it. I don't know. It certainly seems interesting. I keep I keep watching because I'm gonna have to buy my my go, go on United Airlines buy my ticket to. <laughs> To, uh, oh, to Texas to go see it. I'm I, I got to be there for the second one, don't I? I was there for the first one. I have to be there for the second one. And you just got back from Florida too, Alan. Tell us a little bit more about the the yeah. Asian again, uh, you know, kudos uh, to Jeff Brandis, uh, Senator Jeff Brandis from Florida for you know this was the eleventh one and at the Florida AV conference and. Um, and I think that uh, the state of Florida is is benefiting well from his activity in in the in the Florida AV conference to make make Florida a player in this. I don't think the Florida legislature is going to pass a, a law that says you have to have four truck drivers in every truck in in Florida. I don't think they're going to do that. They're not going to follow California. And maybe what's going to happen is maybe everybody in, in Silicon Valley may say, geez, you know, why are we here? 
why are we here? Every time I go there, I'm, why are you there? Really? Maybe you want to be in Florida. Maybe you want to take a look at Jersey. Actually, Jersey. Jersey's really not all that bad. <laughs> we love it when everybody thinks Jersey's not great because therefore, you know, we don't have the deluge of people. But my goodness. We're California. And the conference uh, was successful. In, in the conference was very successful. And in fact, you know, started in, in fact, really investigating some new things. The, the uh, eVTOL, you know, the electric uh, vertical takeoff and landing uh, technology. And you know, Florida's um, a pretty darn good place to do it. And if, if one looks at it, you know, um, um, we've had helicopters for a long time. But but when you look at a helicopter, my goodness, it's complicated. It's just, it is a complicated contraption. Because, yeah, you, you know, you have to get from your energy source to these motors that like turn things and and blades pivot to get good pitching and whatever and then you know long drive trains to, to tail rotor that keeps it from spin and whatever now the opportunity to distribute you know electric motors with relatively simple gearing structures transform and transformation of energy from from the motor to the spinning of blades that then take advantage of um, of uh, Bernoulli and generate lift off of those blades they either lift you or propel you or all that and the opportunity you know all of a sudden just just to say hey just to to go and replace a, a really Rube Goldberg type of contraption of an ele uh, of a of a helicopter to something that is substantially simpler you know, and if you, you want to use from the Princeton to May's Landing in no time, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that there there are some there are some you know there there the the energy required is is still is still somewhat substantial, okay? Because simply because the wheel is such an efficient levitation system and propulsion system. Because the propulsion you get out of a car is because of the friction of the tire to the roadway. I mean, that's that's the rubber does meet the road, and that's how you get it with you know, on the wheel. As opposed to you know trying to create high pressure, low pressure, you know, with a propeller or otherwise with a jet, or you know, and the energy required. 
Although, you know, part of that energy requirement has to do with with how fast you desire to go. It's not it's not only to support you, but how fast you desire to go. And and then, you know, and an aerodynamic drag goes as velocity cubed. So if you're in a real hurry, but do we really have to go that fast? I, I don't you know, there are all these these issues that are that might come up with respect to this. But the amount the the amount of of opportunity that people are, are are taking to be in the amount of investment that's in this to look at at brand new sheets of paper here, where again the opportunity is sort of this Elon Musk sort of things, you know, fewer parts. The best part is a no part, um, you know, which is almost the basics of the EV. If we could ever make batteries lightweight and not, you know, not get not waste so much energy in heat. I mean, my goodness, of course, that's where the research should go. And all of a sudden, I don't know, you know, it's worth it's worth thinking about. There there are helicopter services that are really important you know medical evacuation for one and there may be enough of a market for that to replace helicopters simply you know seems like it's that competition is ready to be disrupted i hope sikorsky is working on this <laughs> or bell or the other you know traditional you know or are they the gms and the fords of this business saying huh, i don't you know <laughs> i hope i don't know i i i've tried to stay away from it because i didn't want it to <laughs> to divert my attention but it was rather interesting uh, there you know to to hear some of the some of this stuff now you know some of it may be a little hype and whatever and so on and so forth and it is but it is but it is very early so we'll it see. is getting real I, I think it's getting real and you know maybe i'll throw in a couple of things in the newsletter every once in a while i mean to me uh, up to this point it's been it's been a what i thought a lot of smoke and mirrors but I guess a lot of people have thought driverless is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Hey, it has been a lot of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> but that's getting real, too. So. That's been real, too. Terrific, Alan. Well, you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever you turn to for podcasts. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And thank you, everybody. And, and it really is. I think, you know, the safety thing is uh, it's time to move on from that being the total focus. Uh, we, we shouldn't relax. Then say to relax. Keep improving it. But let's make it into a market. Let's help people. Let's improve quality of life. Let's do, let's use this to do good.